This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's mini masterclass. My name is James Roy, I'm the presenter at Westwards. Today is something special. Today is part one of two of a presentation that was given to the Academy, the Westwards Academy by Deborah Bella. Now the Westwards Academy is, uh, it's a place where new writers can come along and actually learn some of the skills that are required to be a successful writer that go beyond the actual writing of the work. So it's things like organising how you run your business as a writer, how you approach things like discipline and in this case today we're talking about presentation because presenting your work is a very important part of being a successful writer. And uh, the presenter we have is Deborah Bella. So Deborah spoke uh, for about an hour so we're going to do half today and half next week uh, talking about the way she presents and the considerations and the, the uh, factors that she has to consider when she is pre preparing for a presentation. Now, a lot of what Deborah does is presentation to schools, but also festivals. She also, because she's so uh, well known and successful and experienced, she is also asked to uh, speak at conferences and universities and so forth. Now, Deborah is a good friend of Westwood. She's very generous with her time, and uh, we have done quite a bit with Deborah. She's also the the writer of something like twenty five books for young people. Uh, very successful. Uh, had a had a background in television before she came into children's writing, but she is one of one of Australia's best known children's writers, but certainly right up there in terms of being one of Australia's very best known presenters in schools. And so today we are going to be treated to the first half of Deborah Bella talking about presenting your work. You and I have been doing this for about the same amount, amount of time, really, haven't we? About yeah, I 20, think so. How many books is it now? You must be up to like 50 or something. No, 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 27, I think. Oh, that's, that's, well, that's not a bad, well, that's close, close enough. It's, it's more than a few, anyway. More um, than a couple, that's right. More than a yeah. couple. And, and the re I think the reason Harja originally asked you to do this one is because, um, you're so experienced at doing the speaking thing. And you and I, when we were talking on, uh, on Thursday, we were saying that um, uh, anyone in this country who wants to be a serious writer needs to have some presentation skills because the day the there aren't that many people who can just sort of write their books and live off their royalties. It might be I don't know how many you reckon? There's probably I could probably name a dozen people in the children's industry who, if that, who could live off their royalties. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone else has to go out and work, and I think the adult writers probably don't get as much of this but anyway so we thought you were a good choice to talk about pre presenting and, and how you do it and why you do it and what you do and so forth so why don't you just talk about that beautiful I will thanks <laughs> um yeah so James and I um probably met it's got to be at least 20 years ago and we were both sort of early days-ish writing our books and uh, and in that time, uh, so 2002 was when my very first book came out and so I'd been working on it secretly, not telling anyone. I had a regular 
job type job somewhere else and in the morning I'd write and the evening I'd write and I'd rewritten this book as many times as I could to try and get it just right and then of course sent it out to a couple of different publishers got some very lovely rejection letters really lovely polite rejection letters all saying kind of quite positive things but ultimately no until I finally got a yes from what was then Random House and then I thought, great, the hard work is done and I can sit back now and hopefully they'll want another book of mine and I'll just keep writing in my little garret, which is where I am today, and, uh, and that'll be it. And then very, very quickly you realise that, okay, what they want from you is now they want you to go out, they want you to talk, they want you to present. And uh, at first it was kind of quite confronting, well, for, especially with one book. What do I know? I don't know anything. I felt like I fluked that one book. I, I kind of feel like I almost fluked most books. So the thing with that is that very, very quickly I realised once I got a couple of sort of talks under my belt and once I got a couple of different strategies going and, and I just got experience at it, I had some you know, some falls and some fails and some triumphs. And, you know, once you get a little bit of experience at talking and re you realise, well, hopefully this is what I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope that you realise this, it's actually really fun to get up and talk about this thing you have worked on and you have loved. Um, and, and the thing is you have to remember that you are the expert at that thing you've created. You know it so well and you know it intimately and people are curious. People, readers, teachers, librarians, they want to know that thing. They want to know how you got there, how you got the idea. So it's for me, I, I guess I wanted to start by saying it's, it's something that I love, um, the presenting and the talking to, to kids and, and um and and to adults and librarians um but of course this year it was very very tricky because 2020 kind of you know kind of all went upside down and I realized how much I missed it at the beginning of this year when all of my visits kind of fell away because we weren't allowed to go outside I just realized how very much that I missed that interaction with an audience and talking about what we do and whether it's in a green room at a festival and you're sharing ideas with other authors and you're talking about what you're working on right now, I realised that was something that I missed too um, because that's when you exchange ideas, that's when you, you know, might talk about a project you're working on and your idea will develop further. That's when you meet teachers, librarians, uh, you meet illustrators and you might then um, team up. So it's fun but it's also very, very important. Being out there and presenting means that you get to meet your readers, you get to hear what they loved about your book. Sometimes they'll tell you what they didn't love so much or they loved one book more than another and that's fine, that's really, really good. You also get the chance to create new readers to promote yourself and your work. So, uh, and, and James will know this too, every time you talk and there's a whole bunch of people in front of you, you will ultimately always be speaking to people who've never met you before and who then might want to get you to their library or to their school or to talk to you know their their group in so every time you talk it's an opportunity to promote yourself and promote your work and that's a, that's a really good thing because you're promoting yourself to to keen readers people who want to read they want to know and meet writers and ask them how they work um the other thing that is different from when James and I started is that now publishers they, do, they not only want you to present and read, they, they want you to be really publicly out there. They want you, they search 
for a good story. Absolutely, that's ultimately what they want. But what they also want then is they will search your social media presence. They will search your Instagram. They will search your Twitter. They'll see how many followers you have. They'll see if you've got a Facebook presence and, of course, a website. So what they want from you more than ever is to, if, for you to be one of the prime promoters of your work. And that seems like a big ask. And, in fact, any time I have a book that comes out, I devote at least a month solidly a month to talking about that book um, because when you have a book that comes out to you, you cannot orphan it. Uh, um, uh, I remember an author saying to me once, don't orphan your book in that first month of release. So you do need to get out there. You do need you to talk. Oh, so basically just put it out there and then just leave it alone and just ignore it. You need to go out, you need to champion in it. You need to put it in front of people as often as you can. And, and that's, you know, it is a lot of hard work and it's a very, very different fish to, from writing a book to then promoting that book, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's a different type of exhaustion, <laughs> but it's, it's also really, really fun. So it's a but, thing now that... Sorry, Deb, how, how, do you, how do you find that balance? And I'm asking this because, you know, we, we all, we, you and I and probably anyone watching this knows people, especially in the kids industry, who yeah. almost overdo this and, you know, they, and, and I don't know if you've ever had a T-shirt with your book on the front. I know I have, and I, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that. Um, but and I don't know that I don't think the, <laughs> I don't think there's any. I, we're wait, still waiting on the data to support the fact that that sells a single book. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how do you how do you think you navigate? And you're probably going to talk about this later. But how do you navigate that space between just being that person and being actually doing it right so do you mean uh you mean doing social media in a, a kind of good way or doing it in an annoying way is that kind of what you're talking about well yeah and and, and feeling like, like how do you know when to hold up a book in the middle of a photograph with a group of kids yes. and when, you know, <laughs> when you know how to give every kid a copy of a book and then you know i mean i've been asked to sign books by other people and i always say no i won't even though i know that that's i'm, I'm signing a kid's you know, disappointing a kid. Yeah. How do you know how to not overdo that? You know, it's funny because being in this kids' book world that we've been in for about 20 years, I see people who do it really, really well and it's very subtle and it's not very obvious and it's, you know, they'll talk about their books in a way of more talking about it as a story. Oh, because my latest story talks about exactly what you just brought up. And they kind of bring it up in a way that fits the conversation or fits what we're doing right now but i've also seen other other creators that every time they tweet or every time they post it's come to my book launch or buy my new book or buy my new jigsaw puzzle that goes with my book and and i i think that's something that I, it was actually something i was going to talk about later the importance of being visible and being out there so people see you and notice you and invite you to their festival or their conference or their teacher librarian meeting um but you don't want to be pushy and it is a fine balance i've, I've heard social media kind of experts talk about the fact that you should really according to them, be posting something somewhere every day. Now, I don't. I think that's actually too much. Um, and be careful how you use social media, I think. Like I, I like to post when someone says a lovely thing about my book or a lovely review or teachers will send me drawings that kids have done of my books and I'll post them saying, oh, my gosh, look at this really cute sea monster the kids have drawn. And so I try to do it in a way that's just look at this kind of interesting thing but not go and buy my book. And, um, and I, I, because... 
you don't want to be seen as a salesperson, but ultimately you hope to, of course, generate interest in who you are as an author and what you write. But um, yeah, fine line, I think. And, and maybe put yourself in those shoes and think, you know, just don't do the hard sell because I'm not sure anyone, I'm not sure anyone really likes a hard sell. Um, but it's super important. I don't want to put words in Martin's mouth because, but I know that when I did my talk about touring in this thing, I know one of Martin's questions was, um, you know, well, that's all very well if you're working for working in the children's industry, but how is this, how is this, relevant to somebody who's not writing in that world but I guess it's just is it that different do you think I don't think it is no if I see an an author of you know non-children's content um a regular author just posting and if they post something that's of interest so they put um maybe a link to um, an historical um, artifact that is related to their book you know something that encourages me to think beyond that book that's great but if I see an you know an author of adult literature just posting saying buy my book here um oh uh, look at me you know selling my book here I, I it's just not interesting it's oh great that's fantastic good on you but I don't it well but does it well but people who line their books up along the parcel shelf they're Aston Martin and maybe not doing it well <laughs> Not Look, it's, yeah, I just think be measured, be really measured. And because the thing is, people notice, like um, people notice that, oh, every time I see a tweet from that person, I know they're just trying to sell me their new book. And um, whereas some authors, you'll go, oh, they've tweeted. They always have something really interesting or interesting link to send me to. So just don't be a salesperson about it. But you are definitely promoting you and who you are and the possibility that they may want to pick up your book. That's kind of it. Um, that's I, okay. I don't know how long I've been talking, but I'm up to my first point. <laughs> I'm going to my second point. So you've got a lot to say. Um, so just with presenting and the importance of it, um, and I'm going to sort of talk about a whole bunch of things now. The first thing I really did want to say too is be yourself. There are a lot of authors out there that I think the competition now, uh, and again, when James and I first started, I think the idea of author talks, it certainly was there, um, but it wasn't, I don't think it's such a, a, a as big a thing now. And so a lot, the competition for you to be asked to present at a festival or a conference or, you know, launch your book at that library, I think it's, it's gone up. So it's a more crowded place out there. But the most important thing is to be yourself and to play to your strengths. So if you are, a funny person play to that um if you're a really good storyteller if you have a really great reading style whatever it is that you do play to that and just be yourself i think people and i know it's an overused term but people i think are looking for authentic authentic people don't, you know don't don't pretend to be something you're not just talk about this book that you love and why you wrote it and and why you love it so much and if you hopefully be yourself while you're doing that people will gravitate towards you and then hopefully also towards that book you're talking about so there are all sorts of different talks that you can do and i know james and i over the years have been invited to all sorts of different talks um so there's there are just general author talks 
that you may be invited to at um, a school, a, a library, um, seminars, conferences, festivals, both here and overseas. You may be asked to be a writer in residence, um, either for a school or for um, for a university. Um, bookshop appearances, of course, that's for all genres, all genres, all age groups. Um, writers camps. I know um, James and I have sometimes even been invited overseas to festivals um, and have spoken on panels at all sorts of lovely things. I was once invited to an island um, and put in a um, one of those little bungalows above the ocean <laughs> and during the day I teach uh, writing workshops and sometimes it'll be for adults who want to write or it'll be adults who want to write for kids or sometimes of course in our world it'll be for kids who want to write so or sometimes it's for um, for teachers who teach kids but they have, don't really they're not writers themselves so they want tips and advice on how do I teach writing to a bunch of people when I'm not the writer so there are all sorts of different ways that you can be asked to be a presenter and um, say yes to as many as you feel comfortable doing and I, I know in the past I've also said yes to stuff that I think oh that's beyond me I don't think I can do it but measure too if that's just the fear of failure or whether you think, no, I can do that. I'm just a little bit scared. I don't want to fail at that. Um, so with festivals too, there are massive festivals. There are your big ones like your Sydney Writers' Festival, Melbourne Writers' Festival, but they can also be really small festivals as well, organised in really small towns or small areas. Festivals are great. Um, they can be overwhelming. They, uh, especially the big ones, you can feel a little bit lost, but they're so, they are really fun. And the green room is where you'll have lots of great conversations with, again, publicists, editors, publishers, fellow creators, illustrators. And sometimes at those festivals, that's where um, collaborations will form. That's how you'll happen to mention to someone about another idea for a book you've got and they'll say, oh, yeah, let, what's your email and let's get in touch. So the, that's the other big thing I wanted to say. Be out there. Once you've published your book, be out there in the community. Make sure you are mixing it up, um, going to other uh, other authors' launches, other um, events that are held, conferences in the, you know your local writer centre. Go to events that they hold because you will meet amazing people there. I'm part of an organisation called Squibby, which is a society of children's book writers and illustrators. We have um, a massive conference every two years, but we have lots of meetings. Whatever it is in your local area um, that where you can meet other authors and other writers and other publishing professionals, do it, be out there. And again, a little bit like that social media line I was talking about before, don't be pushy, don't take your giant manuscript, <laughs> your next lovely manuscript in and, and, and push it in people's faces. Just try and as much as you can, just be very casual about this thing that you love. Um, and so, and that is a fine line. I've seen people do it well and I've seen other people kind of mess it up. Yes, James. <laughs> we only tell, I don't know if I've told you the story. Leonie Toll tells a story about, you know, my first publisher tells a story about being at a editing weekend at the Tyre State, John Marsden's place, and um, yep. she went to the bathroom and someone tried to pass a manuscript under the stall door to her. <laughs> See, now don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. And, which I, and I said to her, it was a really, you missed an opportunity there, you know, it was an opportunity to say, oh, thank you, I had run out of paper in here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and yeah, because publishers are human and actually they're looking for that next lovely big idea. It's not that they're not looking. There is just a time and a place and the bathroom cubicle is not one of those places. It's very, very true. Very, very true. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to talk about too is um, whether you get a speaker's agent 
or whether you represent yourself. There are, I, it's funny, I looked through a list of speakers agents today and um, again, James, when you and I started, there are a whole bunch of speakers agencies that just don't exist anymore that once existed and the ones that do exist now they've recently as particularly in light of this year 2020 they've been cutting back the people that they represent so it can be tricky to get a speaker's agent to sign you up um especially when they haven't seen you and maybe it's your first book but they if you can get a speaker's agent they are your best friend because they will go into bat for you they will talk money and talking money is it's not anyone's best friend favorite thing to do and just while we're on the subject of money um i and i know james and you and i have talked about this it's okay to do a free talk especially when you're getting you know your experience up uh you're maybe making connection with your local um community organization writer center school whatever it is um it's okay to offer to do with james and i've done you know free author talks for different charities and that kind of thing. But it's also really, really important to know that you've written a book and that's an incredible thing and you have a talent and you your time is valuable and it is worth something. And uh, just for those listening as well, if you don't know, so the Australian Society of Authors have a page of rates and conditions and they basically set the base rate for you to be able to charge. So if you have a speaker's agency, they will set, they will carry out those negotiations but if you are representing yourself and approaching people or approaching you know festivals or libraries then you can always you can always say oh well this is the ASA rate now when you're first starting out it is tricky but you just it is that thing of it's I, I think it's okay to do a couple of free ones to get that experience to get word of mouth out there ask them oh do you have a lovely thing that you can say about my talk that I can now put on my website and add as a little testimonial so it's a little it's like anything too it's a little building up of you know of your experience and, and getting the word out there and it's important it's so important to be out there I think so that people notice you and they ask you to other things um a very good friend of mine, Marjorie, says you've got to think of the WIFM principle, the what's in it for me principle. So when you are delivering a talk to an audience, you, you do need to do a good job. So you need it to be interesting, engaging. Um, if it's more for an educational uh, institution, whether it's a high school or a TAFE or, or a primary school, you do need to kind of engage that audience, but you also need to kind of impart things that they can take away from it, either things that will help them with their writing or things that will help them um, uh, to structure their, their next story. So I think, and even, even, and I've seen very, very funny people give a very funny talk that the kids have all been rolling in the aisles. And then later on, I've heard teachers leave that room, for example, saying, well, that was an hour of my life, I'll never get back. Do you know what I mean? So there was, they, it was funny enough, and the kids were laughing and rolling, but they just didn't see any kind of writer's tips or advice or anything that came out of that. So I think you need to think of your audience and you need to aim it at your audience. Um, I think that's true. And I, I think that when you're, um, you know, it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt once in a while when you've been doing it for a little while, every couple of years to actually sit down and go, am I, and I know I, I felt I became very much guilty of this when I, I burnt myself out and it reached a point where I was just going, I'll just turn up and just do my thing all over again. And it's, it's easy to just do that. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, this is sort of touching on this. I'm sorry, I don't want to take you too far off you off what you've got in front of you. But how do you deal with that um, when you're doing a lot of? Uh, I, I, let me back up a bit. I remember doing a, a three or four week tour of. I did WA and then I did Perth and so uh, then I did um, Brisbane straight from Perth and on the second last day of the last week that I'd been doing this I got up and I looked at these kids in front of me I could feel the hostility coming off them oh. and I thought what have I done to you and then I realized it was just I was so bored with my own oh. thing okay uh, how do you counter that how do you keep yourself, get yourself up every time to to be I mean you're really good at it because you do have this kind of ebullient personality that comes through I don't hide that very well when I'm not feeling it <laughs> how do you how do you find that see the thing is James again with 2020 and I had you know I had a lovely exciting year of stuff all lined up and all sorts of different things a festival here but a writers in residence there um, a nighttime pajama event where we got to read, but you know, like I had a bunch of really different sorts of stuff where they asked me. A year in the end, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, but uh, not together all at our home, right? And so, um, I, I I have to mix it up um, because I will get bored, and I, if if I get bored, that's that's not good. You have to be there for your audience, whether it's at you know, the, the um, I've talked to elderly uh, community events about an historical novel that I wrote once. I've talked to kids, I've talked to adults. And so you need to be there and show by, uh, sometimes it's just a smile, right? You need to show that you're excited to be there and you don't want to be anywhere else right now. And one way you do that, uh, for me anyway, I need to mix it up. I need to change my delivery I need to add new kind of material if you like uh, and of course every time you have a new book come out that's often the book you focus on so you've got a new something to read a new history to tell about that story and how that story came about so it's it's interesting because I know other authors who've taken a break they've just they've felt like you have they've felt a bit tired and they've thought oh I'm just going to take two years off and come back when I'm kind of refreshed but um, I haven't hit that yet because I think each audience is different each each you know people each bunch of you know people adults or kids who sit in front of you are keen to hear um how does it work because there's not a lot of us authors out there really like and so that's when you sit in front of a keen audience there it's that's a lovely thing when they're all smiling at you and and i do know that feeling though sometimes james if you go into an audience particularly perhaps school lasting on a friday and everyone's tired you're tired they're tired um you need to bring your absolute a game to those ones and if i walk in and i smile at them first while they're coming in i'll often have a chat and say oh wow they're great glasses you've got on or um oh you're red in the face you've been running around the oval so you try and kind of create a rapport as soon as you can whatever your audience is and, but the and thing is that, sorry i was just to say the thing is that for yourself and myself and so forth you've got you know 20 30 whatever books under your belt if anyone throws a question at you and says What's the funniest thing you've ever done? You can do a week of talks and have a different example for every yeah. time that question is asked. Yeah. But then I remember watching John Donalis do his talk about the writing the Black Cockatoo book, which is a very emotional story. Yeah. And I watched him at Somerset do that three times a day for three days. And every time he tells that story, he becomes emotional. And I yeah. said to him, how long have you been doing this? And he said, oh, about three months now. And I said, you've got to look after yourself because 
you're going to the same well. Like you and I have a whole bunch of wells to go to, but most of the people who are going to be listening to this might have one, this might be their first book. How do, what advice can you offer about how you pull yourself up to tell that same key story every time? You have to imagine it's almost the first time you've ever told that story. And it's, that's something that's worked for me from day one. Like I will tell kids a story like, hey, I'm going to tell you this story. And you almost have to tell it in the, in the way that, but I have never told anyone this story before. Um, I've even used those exact words, but, you know, because, because that is how it feels. You have to tell it like it's still fresh and you're still kind of formulating that story. Of course, the thing is, though, and this is another thing I'll say, when I talk to anyone, I will plan that talk. Uh, it, it might be just jot points. And even now, after 20 years of talking, and even if it's a similar talk to one I've given before, I will have near me somewhere, I will have my plan. It's very rare that I have to look at that. But there was one time when I was giving a talk in front of a whole auditorium of people, and I lost my way. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was tired at the time, but I just completely went blank. And I, I just needed to look down at this sheet of paper and I thought, ah, yep, that's where I'm at. Okay, off we go. So I think planning and practicing and preparing that story. The other thing I like to do is, is to present like it is a story. I like to start with a strong opener. And for some some people that might be a joke. Uh, for some people it might be um, a striking image that you put up, you as a, a child, or perhaps an image, uh, an historical image that sparked the novel that you want to talk about today, a picture of your grandma, your grandpa. So uh, start with a bang. Start with a personal story. It's a bit like what you're saying, James, about um, John Donalis. Um, people, I think, in and I was told this very, very, very early on when I gave one of my very first talks, people want to know a little bit about you. So be prepared to, to reveal something about yourself, not perhaps your deepest, darkest secrets. But I think even when I sit in an audience with uh, at a festival and I'm, I'm listening to an author, I want to know a little bit about the person who's written the book. I mostly want to know about the book, of course, but be prepared to reveal something about yourselves. And that invites your audience in, not necessarily makes you vulnerable, but it makes you uh, knowable. And I think that's important. I want to feel like I know that author when I leave that session just a tiny bit more than the articles I read about them or the review that I, I read about them. Um, because, Nick, so um, sorry, uh, just further on that, Jackie French, she once said to me that if she's got a group of kids who she really thinks she's going to really struggle to, to yeah. hold, like year 11 rugby school last period on a Friday, she said she'll often start with a, a very sad story or a very, and, you know, and I mean, Jackie's not a terribly, she's not a, a funny speaker. She can be, but she's not, but that's not her thing. She's not the person who will open with a, with a killer joke, but she yeah. said, you know, sometimes when you start with something that's, it puts some, I think in a sense, what you're trying to do, it's like when you're telling a story and you take them from very, take something from very funny to something that's actually quite emotional it puts the audience on edge and makes them focus a bit more because they don't want to be the, the kid who laughs up uproariously at something that actually is really yeah. emotionally kind of, you know, fraught. Um, so that, that was just my take on what you just said is, is was her advice. And that sort of stuck with me. Mm. There have been times where I have led with a story. There's a story I tell from when I was a nurse and it just basically starts, you know, remember the first time I saw a dead body? Right. And, you know, and we're, we're yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe those wriggling 
audience members up the back go, did he just say <laughs> first time I saw a dead body? Um, yeah, because I've written an historical fiction um, called Teresa in New Australian and the way I start that story is my dad was born in a cave during one of the heaviest bombing raids of World War II and it's a pretty interesting way I think to be born but it's also a true story and I think Jackie's right with that like tell a, a, a poignant story but it's, especially if it's a true story and Jackie is brilliant at, at historical stories and she's a fantastic storyteller and writer she's, she's so I love listening to Jackie I think she's fantastic so whatever it is that is your strength the joke, the wonderful story. And it doesn't have to be, when I say open with a bang too, it doesn't have to be loud and noisy. There are some presenters who are loud and noisy and it's great and I'll start with a trumpet and a joke and a scream or whatever. But starting quiet, I've seen people like Alice Pung and Marcus Zuzak and they start quiet. And in fact, they kind of continue quiet and they're amazing to listen to. And, and the whole auditorium has been quiet, almost leaning into them. So whatever is your style, and whatever is you, um, you, you play to that. So that was the first part of Deborah Bella talking about presentation uh, and presenting your own work. And. Uh...